0: Welcome in to the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Michael on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shay, who goes by Big Orange Vols on Twitter. What do you up to, you big Tennessee homer? Hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, you are getting good at that beer <laughs> opening. You've done
1: that before, haven't you? <laughs> I, I went back to the right hand man, the old natural, you know. So uh, yes, I am in. I am in college football form, Mike.
0: <laughs> well, hey, it's a good thing that you are Shane because we got SEC scrimmages. Damn near mm-hmm. the entire conference had a scrimmage over the weekend, I love it. so we're going to recap a ton of those, Shane. But before we even get to that, Shane, with some intel and insight and all that, <laughs> a little curveball I'm going to throw your way, Shane. Oh. I am okay. ready to tell you who's going to win a couple of these quarterback competitions based on what we know so far. So, mm. Mm, how's that sound, brother, to start your little Monday our, morning here?
1: It sounds great, Mike. And I'm going to tell you, you sent me these clips, Uh huh. and there felt like there was a few hints dropped <laughs> along the way. You know what I'm saying? Because I would be listening to one, I'm not going to say who, and I'm like, oh, okay. I think this is our guy so yes I may be right there with you and uh, I think that's what I love about uh scrimmages it, it, it it's starting to be a little bit of a separation you yeah. know you can talk you can do the coach speak all you want but there's people there actively watching this and if they see somebody getting all the ones mm-hmm. then we know that's probably our guy so I I like that a little clarity of the depth chart so yeah I'm pumped up to see who you think.
0: Now, two, the first two right off the bat, Shane, we don't even have coach comments from these two teams, but you know, based on what I'm hearing, what people are saying down there, I think we're about ready to call these two races. And mm-hmm. let's start at LSU, Shane—one that uh, you know we've had such a difficult time putting our finger on. And hey, I gotta hand it to—we've had some LSU fans co- saying this was gonna be the answer from the start, and I think they're right, Shane. It's mm-hmm. not even one we've been really talking about a ton, but old Jane Daniels, the mm-hmm. Arizona state transfer, uh, based Come on, on now. what we're hearing, it, it sounds like he is going to be your starting quarterback for the LSU Tigers taking a lot of the reps with the ones. Uh, Garrett Nussmeyer had his ankle injury. You know, he sh- should be back this week. They have a yep. big scrimmage on Wednesday. You know, I, I'm not officially saying Jaden Daniels is your starter. I think Garrett Nussmeyer has an opportunity to swing this back his way on Wednesday with this scrimmage. But uh, if he doesn't get it done in that scrimmage, Shane, it's going to be Jaden Daniels going to be your starting quarterback for when LSU takes the field against Florida State.
1: Mm-hmm. Kind of surprised here. I think we were both on that miles train. Not, not that we thought he was the future there at LSU. It's just he's steady Eddie, you know. This right. is a guy we – we thought maybe we could roll out because they got a tough week one matchup. But yeah, no, this is uh, this is good. You know, I, I think this is this is his guy. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you know, he hasn't had quite enough time to recruit and everything. But you know, out of the gate, you know, Kelly's Kelly's got an idea how this system's going to run, and apparently he needs a mobile quarterback.
0: Right, and, and the word out of Bat Rouge when they got this guy Shane, they knew what he had at Arizona State. They didn't have faith in the coaching staff to develop him and, and get the most out of him, but they loved what they saw for him, particularly early in his career. They're big believers in Jaden mm-hmm. Daniels, in Baton Rouge. So, you know, you put all those pieces together. I think that's going to be your guy. Now, how about potentially the most impactful quarterback race in the SEC, Shane? I, again, I don't think. They're going to turn around and name this guy the starter today or tomorrow or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I think they've kind of already decided it. And I think Jimbo, with that smile on his face, he let it be known, <laughs> Shane. I think it's going to be Hayden King down there. And I, and I know you and I are both big fans of Max Johnson. He's a hell of yeah. a quarterback. We think the Aggies can, can go to a high place with Max Johnson or even Connor Wigman here. Nothing but great things about him. But it sounds to me, Shane, like Haynes King is going to be your starting quarterback when Texas A&M mm. starts the season. Thoughts on
1: that? Well, I mean, this is who we thought would take the job last year, you know. We thought this would be a – this is one of those guys we thought would be an upper echelon quarterback in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he was uh, dealt a, an injury early in the season. But, I, I you know, one thing – I don't – how official do you think this is? Like, if you were to gamble, Mike, one to a hundred, just uh, overall, I, I guess, you know, if you're leaning, I don't know how to word this. <laughs> ninety, I'll go ninety. 90. Both, okay, both that damn high. Ways. All right, yeah. even with Big Bad Brad down there on the field, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, that's the one thing that, that 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 I think, you know, they here they brought. Max Johnson there for the starting quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm seeing videos of Brad Johnson out there with random guys on the football field. Right. You know, doing these little stunts, and it's just like he is in, he is all involved. And I'm I'm wondering, you know how close like is there is there going to be some series that we still see max johnson is there going to be some opportunities or, or do you think he, he just take because you know hanks king he has got all the talent in the world and this is a guy that really could grab the sec by the balls and, and if he comes out and plays to his true potential I, I think there's an opportunity that max johnson never sees the field so yeah. what does that how does that play out you think
0: well, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, they don't have much of a, a challenge the first two weeks of the season until Miami week three. So, you know, yeah. we're, we're certainly going to see Max Johnson, and I think even Connor Wickman see the field yeah. the first couple of weeks of the season to see what they got. But just, again, just based on what I'm hearing, the, the way it's shaking out down there, it, it certainly sounds like all signs point to Haynes King once mm-hmm. again being your starter just like he was last year before uh, he suffered that tough injury and was out for the year. But, you know, not no real surprises here. But I, I think this is a – again, you got options down here. Yeah, This isn't Max Johnson's garbage. This isn't Miles Brennan is garbage or Garrett Nussmeyer. This is – we have got some quality options. It's just yeah. – it seems like this is the way the reps are going. This is the way the coaching staff is leaning. So I, I fully anticipate at this point in time – for Jane Daniels and Haynes King to be your, your starting quarterbacks week one of the season.
1: And, and I, I like the clarity, Mike, as a fan, I, I hate the quarterback limbo all the way to week one. It just feels like it, it, it muddles everything. So yeah. I, if we can get some of those one reps, cause you need them. I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while since you've been under the lights competing, you know? So I, I like him getting all the, all the attention. And, and I'm glad that they're leaning toward a starting quarterback now than later.
0: Now there's one more Shane and, and, you know, I think certainly if you're listening to this, you could say, well, hell, they're just going with the front runners. These are the guys that the vast majority of the fan base probably expected to be their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Word on the plane, Shane.
1: Mm-hmm. Let me guess. This is the one I was guessing. Uh-huh. TJ.
0: TJ Finley is surging <laughs> in this quarterback competition. I certainly don't expect Brian Harson to come mm-hmm. out here again on Monday or anything and say, TJ's our guy. He's gonna yeah. He's, he's going to start. They're probably going to hold it off for a little while longer, Mm -hmm. see what Zach Calzada can do. But hell, based on what I'm hearing, Shane, Zach Calzada may not even be your backup. He may be number three at this point in time, the way he's playing with uh, uh, Robbie Ashford, the transfer from Oregon. Potentially be in the backup there, but I really think it's going to be T.J. Finley, Shane. Two, second. Mm-hmm. I know the, the new offensive coordinator, but second year under Brian Harson. he's got command of the team. He's running with the ones. He's running it mm-hmm. much more efficiently than Zach Calzada. Uh, but- as long as he
1: ain't running from the cops, Mike. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. You know, as long as he's not doing that. We've got <laughs> us a starting quarterback down there because you're you're gonna hear it here in a minute. Right. I I mean Brian comes out and I'm mm-hmm. I'm five minutes into this thing. I'm like, man, he loves this guy. Yeah. So I that that's that's. That's great for me, Mike, because they're going to need some quarterback. They're going to need some sort of normalcy back there. And and like I said, valuable reps. I think it's important with this young receiving core. You know, I, I, I think that's, that's important for TJ. So, I kind of like – this is my favorite one. I, I think this is the one we were both leaning toward, you mm-hmm. know, the start of the season. And this is just more affirmation. Yeah, so we'll get to Auburn. That's going to be the second team we hit on, Shane. But before we get to
0: that, we got to stay there on the bluegrass, Shane. Let's kick it <laughs> on down to Kentucky where, hell, they yeah. had a scrimmage over the weekend, but that ain't even the news, Shane. I mean, <laughs> we finally got word here from Mark Stoops uh-huh. on his you know, his response there to John Calapari He's a basketball school. He said, get the hell out of here <laughs> with that. Uh, let's kick it over to Mark Stoops. Right out the gate, I mean, this was the only thing people want to ask him about down there. His response to, to to the basketball comments and and everything going like that, and and my God, Shane, he went a step further, basically saying Cal was uh, you know born on third base down here in Lexington. So <laughs> let's kick it over to Mark Stoops.
1: Mark, why did you?
2: Why did that raise to the point where you felt like you needed to comment on it publicly, as opposed to?
3: Just the or whatever i don't care what anybody says about their program that's not my business that's not my lane but when you start talking about my program and and others that we compete against
4: i mean me
3: i i, I don't do that i stay in my lane and uh you know so that's in defense of my players the defense of the work that we've done and believe me we want to continue to push But don't uh, demean or distract from the hard work and the dedication and the commitment that people have done to get to this point. And and, uh, again, I I, I don't need to apologize for that. And uh, I won't, but we want more. And we wanna continue to push that. But there are so many people, so many fans, so many coaches, so many players that have sacrificed so much to to improve at the level we've improved at, and listen, we all know, this program wasn't born on third base. Okay. So, some may, but I could promise you, this football team didn't wake up on third base. I did a lot of work. We did a lot of work. The commitment from the Joe Crafts and the so many different people, and Mitch and Dr. Barnhart, you know, or uh, Dr. Capaluto, So many people have done so much. That, that you have to have a respect and appreciation for. We all want more.
1: Mark, as you've, as you've done that work that you've done here, you've gone out and recruited against some of these other programs, have you had to fight, I imagine, from the beginning, that, that basketball school perception? Is that... Uh, I, 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 all I mean, I'm not
3: in third grade. You know what I mean? Like It's trivial. I mean, come on. You know, it, it, we understand history. You know, that's great. I, I embrace it and love it, the history of yeah. our basketball. I'm proud of it. I love it. I didn't have that history. You know, So uh, we, we understand. We're creating it. I also know people want to win now. I also know it's my responsibility to get to the postseason and win. Have you and Kyle talked since? No. Mark, I can't see you wasting a lot of time on social media like we do, and yet you posted so quickly after those comments came out. How did you find out about it? I, again, I, it, it was pointed out to me. I really try to stay off there for that very reason. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, again, it, it's, I'm done. I'm done. I addressed it. You know, again, I will defend my players and the staff and the people in the, the Big Blue Nation. I will defend the people that sacrifice. I've said it to you how many times. I know how difficult it is to come to these games, how expensive it is, how hard it is to get into the stadium, the parking, you know, know, 60,000 people. You know what I mean? It's tough, and it's a fantastic atmosphere, and I cannot thank them enough. And we want to continue to see that. That's what I defended. I don't need to defend Mark.
0: Oh, boy, (laughs) just when you thought the drama was winding down here. Again, I don't Mm -hmm. think this is Mark Stoops, you know, throwing logs on the fire necessarily, but he's just saying, hey, I ain't backing down from what I think. And Calipari was in the wrong. And I don't Mm -hmm. know about you, Shane, but I think Stoops comes out of this a big, big winner because he's just rallying this fan base. And he is kind of taking the high road here. You know, not, he's not trashing basketball. He's just saying, don't you dare trash this program, yeah. these players, and these fans that come out here and support this team when, uh, you know, there, there's many across the country that, that are unwilling to do it.
1: Mike, it's SEC football, then basketball, you know. And I, I, I hate to say it for those diehard basketball lovers, but we know it. I mean, the numbers don't lie. The The multi-billion dollar deals that, that these huge corporations are making with these universities. Right. It's all stems from college football. And and I think sometimes you get lost in it. You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were talking about, you know, like celebrities. Sometimes they, they're they so used to being catered to and, and talked down to different people, they forget that that's not reality. And sometimes <laughs> it helps to get a, a, a little slap in the face to, to remember your place. And, and mm-hmm. I think that's what we're seeing in with Kentucky here. And I love the comments. I, I think he hit the nail on the head. This, you know, Mark is building something, man. You know, he's been building something. This staff has been building something, and so it's it's different. You know, how many how many people do you know that that have a business that their dad started? You know what I'm saying? Right. You didn't build that business, your dad did. So that's that's kind of the approach I felt. Mark built this damn thing, mm-hmm. you know, from the ground up. So you're messing with this baby, and I think he was more hurt. Not that he was being compared to less than, but but being compared to Alabama and Georgia that those are football schools and this is a basketball school. I think he made a couple comments like that, and I think that's really what bothers him because he is in the living room with these kids trying to recruit the same athletes that Nick Saban and Kirby Smart is, and then your coworker is telling everybody that those two <laughs> schools are the football schools. This one's not a football school. I think that hurt him more because, again, he built he built this, and, and, and it's starting to thrive. I mean, we're talking 10-win seasons, uh, potential number two in the SEC East this year. We weren't saying that shit 10 years ago.
0: No, and uh, I got to be honest, Shane, the more this drags on, the more I'm regretting my preseason Kentucky picks. I mean, (laughs) my God, no one's going to give you a pat on the back, Shane, for picking Kentucky second, but they are going to be living in my mentions when uh, Mark Stoops and company come out with their hair on fire and just just beating the hell out of everybody they face this year.
1: You know what? And you know what I do first? I, I do this during practice. That old school propaganda, man. I get one of them little airplanes and I drop over flyers, notes from Calipari <laughs> that this is a basketball school, not a football. You know, I'd put his face in the locker room. That's my motivation. I, I hate to say it, I can't imagine as a Tennessee fan seeing Rick Barnes' face on the wall saying, "I'm going to win today because I hate that guy." You know, it's right? Just exactly. Like, but you know, wherever you can get motivation, I think that's important, and that's one thing that Mark is really good at. This, this, not just him. This whole staff—they, they, they—they they love these kids. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know firsthand. You say something bad about Kentucky, hell, then that coaching staff will come after you because <laughs> they love these boys, and and you know, it's it is their baby. This is something that they grew from the ground up, and uh, and this is just more motivation for them. You know, for the non-believers. even in their backyard. (laughs) But all right, Shane, we hit on Auburn.
0: Let's let's go back down there. They had a scrimmage on the plains over the weekend, Shane. And like I said, uh, T.J. Finley running with the first team, Zach Calzada, Mm -hmm. uh, he did have a touchdown pass from what I hear. So it's not like he's – again, we're not sitting here saying he's a terrible player or anything, but first three drives didn't score, whereas first two drives for T.J. Finley, Auburn's offense scored – uh, one field goal and one touchdown on those drives. Uh, Robbie Ashford, again, keep, continue to hear good things about uh, the, the quarterback. Many people have written off. And a, a little side note, Shane, uh, Anders Carlson, our kicker, who lost for the season at the tail end of last year, mm-hmm. four for four on field goals. So he's good for the year. That's That's a big boost for the Auburn Tigers. But, again, the main impression, Shane, we hit on it already. T.J. Finley. Again, I'm not, we're not sitting here saying guaranteed he's going to be the starter, but at this point in time, I would be surprised if it's anybody but TJ. Mm-hmm. And what does that tell you, Shane? Because we all know Brian Harson on the hot seat, or and you know if the team comes out here and struggles with a quarterback that a lot of this fan base has already written off and they were ready for the Zach Calzada era, I mean he's he's basically putting his nuts on the line here saying, This is my guy. If if he does that, uh I, I don't know. Do you think that factors into this decision at all?
1: No, I, I think at this point, man, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, I, I think the pressure's off, Brian, and I know that sounds crazy. Um I but I, I really think that you know, there were some true colors being shown down here We Here we just talked about Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, we had a similar version down there in Auburn. Mm-hmm. And, and people, you know, I mean, just imploding on each other. And and what came from that, I'm hoping, is a galvanized team, is, is a program that doesn't care what outside noise is, doesn't care who they put at quarterback, doesn't care – you know who starts on defense. It just—I I think it's these guys against the world, and and I think that's that's the kind of mentality that we saw at SEC Media Days, and that's that still stems to uh, the quarterback selection here. You know, he loves he loves it. As you, you listen to Brian talk, and he talks about the other quarterbacks, but he keeps going back to how well TJ operated under center here, and that's that's what he wants. He wants somebody to operate the system that he's putting in place on the plains. Yeah. So uh, let's kick it over to Brian Harson, but hey, before we do that, shade just a little
0: media note inside baseball that I think majority of fans they, they probably were like, "Well, who gives a damn about this information?" But Brian Harson immediately after the scrimmage met with the media. He did it even a little early. Auburn mm-hmm. had their their scrimmage was late. So this was around 8:30 on a Saturday night when he was holding this press conference and why that's a you know, why I'm even bringing attention to this Shane apparently last year similar situation he waited an entire hour and you know again he's he doesn't work for the media right right but he is really going out of his way I think to kind of win over some of those people that, that may have turned on him last year. And this is just mm-hmm. a continuation of what we're talking about of a, of Brian Harson kind of correcting where he aired last year. And we mm-hmm. know that the media, they're not the ones making the decision on whether to fire Brian Harson or not, but you better believe, man, these presidents, these ADs, they read what's written about these coaches. Yeah. And when you start to win favor with some of these media types, you know, I, I think, that can only help you. And yep. and I don't think Brian Harson had that figured out last year, but I, I think he certainly does now. So I just wanted to make that little note. I mean, I again I think he is really, really trying significantly to, to correct
1: the wrongs he had last year. If that mm-hmm. make does that make sense? Yeah, if he wants to keep his job, he better call that SEC podcast <laughs> for a sit down. <laughs> No. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you, man. I think there have been a lot of coaches lose their jobs because they lost media control. Yeah, you know that. You think of some of the best coaches that are out there; mm-hmm. they're just pawns to them, man. They're getting their message across. You'll hear it throughout the uh, through this show. You know, there's several of them that pop up, and you can hear it. It's almost like they're talking to some of those uh, Kirby is one that's you'll just remember this pin pin ear this thing because when you listen to kirby he's talking to his damn team right. but he's doing it through the media and i think that's very important because you've got to have them if not they're going to find news and it may not be good news it might it may not even be real news you know there's there's they're going to find something and i think you know having the media in your pocket you know just catering to them i know it sounds stupid but then you can kind of dictate what you want to control as far as narrative down there.
0: Yeah, so let's kick it over to Harson. Shea talks about, uh, you know, he's kind of over the moon, it sounds like, with T.J. Finley, how he's been a coach on the field for the Tigers. And then mm-hmm. the, the second question, you know, he, what did he want to see from the quarterbacks in this scrimmage? Who's going to lead this football team? That was the key to what uh, Harson's comments okay. here. Um,
5: so we had uh, yeah, a little situational scrimmage. We got some live work in tonight, which was good. We needed that. Uh, I thought the uh, the effort was really good tonight. Execution will improve. Uh, we got a chance to play a lot of guys, so kind of your typical first scrimmage. Get a lot of guys in there, let guys tackle live, let guys try to break tackles. Um, see if, if uh, we can move the ball down the field, uh, what's going to happen in certain situations. We've been emphasizing that quite a bit, and I thought the guys handled it well tonight. Uh, I was proud of them just the effort. I thought the effort was there. Uh, urgency, we talked about that. It can always be a little better, but it's first scrimmage. You know, There's a little bit of nerves, and um, being in the stadium, guys are excited some of the new players that haven't been in the stadium you know they, they look forward to that but just a few standouts I thought uh, Demari Alston ran the ball well today so we had a couple of freshmen that stood out Demari Alston stood out thought he ran the ball really well and then Camden Brown uh, had a touchdown tonight so those were two freshmen that that I thought played well um, and then other, other than that um, you know everybody got some opportunities uh, on the offensive side uh, so a few catches here and there for everybody like two to three catches Barr had had three catches um, Shanker had a couple of catches fromm had a couple catches uh Shanker also had a touchdown tonight, which was good, so just kind of getting the tight in the ball um, quarterbacks uh, i thought all all did some really good things uh Finley operated well tonight uh that was good to see thank you and uh you know i thought he we had a long drive on the very first drive with the with the first group is about fourteen plays uh so he executed well on that drive i thought uh Robbie did well too uh, making some plays and uh, operated the huddle and, and did some good things on that part on his part uh, calzada solid tonight had a touchdown as well um, Carlson was four for four so it was good to have him back out there too just after the injury and to see him get out there and get a few kicks um, he's been really doing well in camp but tonight was good to be out in the stadium i think for him as well uh, we had a few we didn't have the quarterbacks live so it was hard to to really gauge the sacks. Uh, But Derek and Eku, both those guys, were coming off the edge, and they were doing a really good job. Um, But we had Eku credited for a sack. I think Derek would have had one or two in there as well. Uh, And then uh, at the end of it there, we did a little goal line period, and there was a fumble. And Craig McDonald picked it up and ran for about uh, 95 yards on it. So it was a great play. Uh, I don't know which linebacker it was that kind of came through there and made the, the fumble actually happen. Uh, but Craig picked it up and ran it in, and that was how we finished it out. So it was good for the defense, good energy uh, that way. And overall, I thought, you know, we got some good work in. Um, we're a ways away from where we need to be. I think guys know that. So the. Next- now, I've always been impressed with TJ as far as just his command. He understands. He, he's very much like a coach on the field. He understands what we're trying to accomplish. I think he's conceptually picks things up very quickly. Um, Listens to the details and all the little nuances of plays and and what everybody's supposed to be doing. If there's a coaching point made, not just for him, but anybody, he'll remember that coaching point and be able to echo it whenever it comes up or remind guys, you know, and doesn't have to be a coach, which you appreciate. So there's just a lot of, I think, um, uh, let me say this, he's got a really good understanding of what we're trying to accomplish, all right, and he listens to those things. So uh, I appreciate that. I thought tonight he was good, Um, led the team. Down the field, uh, I think he executed well when he needed to in some critical moments. Um, can improve in just kind of some of the, the easier throws that, that we didn't complete tonight. Um, don't know if that was him or not, but I think there's some things that we can improve in those areas just from an accuracy standpoint. But overall, I thought he operated well. Uh, there's some, I'll, I'll watch it tonight, and I think we'll see some of that on film. And that's the one thing I told our guys, every one of those guys want to play. And, and we're going to play the best guys they all deserve an opportunity to go out there which we've given every one of our guys to showcase what they can do and now we got to start making some decisions all right we got to start figuring out all right who's going to get a little bit more reps but as far as the quarterback goes i watch the whole thing sideline all the way to the field how we operate in between plays the sense of urgency how fast we call the plays how fast we get to the ball how we check things how we get our offense into the right situations all those things come into play so it's not just Hey, that guy throws the ball, you know, perfectly or you know, the best every time. Um, you want that, but like, how's he operating? Right? What's he doing? Is this guy going to help us in the run game? Can he help us, you know, with his feet? Can he do some things in the pass game? Um, so there's a lot more other factors. And then, you know what? Hey, you're watching how accurate they are. You're watching the decision making uh, decision making process. So um, that's what I was looking at tonight. What I told those guys tonight, I wanted to see him lead. That's what I wanted to see. From the sideline on the field, that was the number one thing for me. Coach Kiesau can figure out the rest. I want to see these guys lead, and I want to see them just operate our offense. And I thought, for the most part, they did a good job. We didn't have a lot of delay of games. We had one one delay a game. We didn't have a ton of bad snaps or just sloppy football from the quarterback play. We can get better, but it wasn't that sloppy from, from their end.
0: All right, Chase. So I, hey, I don't want to say he's calling out Zach Calzada, because I don't think that's the case at all. Right. But I think. You know, when you bring in a transfer guy and he wasn't able to participate due to injury during the spring, you know, that it, it's easy to, to – if you listen to everything he's saying, it, it certainly sounds like T.J. Finley is leading this football team. And and that's mm-hmm. – if that's truly what he was uh, wanting to see, I mean, I, I, that's, again, why I'm so high on T.J. Finley right now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, and, and that's – again, that's the, the narrative he gave down there. This is his guy. He mentions Calzada, you know, but I think, you know, Calzada's got a long ways to go. yeah. And I'm not ruling him out. I'm, I'm not because you've seen a good TJ and you've seen a bad TJ. And, yeah. and you know, it, I think it's important that if something goes wrong – that we've got another reliable quarterback that can step in and maybe take over the reins and maybe that's what Calzada needs. You know, he he I mean he's he's done it before. You know, it wasn't maybe the best season, but he sure did win a lot of games last year. So mm-hmm. uh maybe maybe that's just the the message he's trying to get across to Calzada. I mean I'm just trying to read through through the lines here. I'm just happy if i'm a fan that that we've got a quarterback and and we got to work on a few things because that's what Brian says it's it's the it's the minor things that we've got to execute you know the short passes which i know that sounds stupid but a lot of times these kids just want to sling it 40 yards in the air you know but <laughs> yeah. it's the little passes it's the checkdowns it's getting rid of the ball you know things like that i think if if he can work on those minor details then i don't know man maybe we got us a quarterback down here Yeah, no doubt. All right, Shane, next let's kick it on down to Mississippi
0: State. We haven't been able to hit on the Bulldogs lately, but they had a scrimmage over the weekend, Shane, and it sounds like Mm -hmm. the offense, uh, aside from the offensive line, we'll get get to Coach Leach here in a second. The offensive line had some struggles, but Will Rogers, Shane, two touchdowns in this scrimmage. Uh, Jaquavian Marks, the running back, he had a rushing touchdown. Dylan Johnson, the other running back, he caught one of the touchdowns. And then good news because we're Jade and Wally. He had a huge freshman year. Now he's back his ju- junior season here. He scored a touchdown in the scrimmage. So those are the little news and notes I got from Mississippi State scrimmage here. But man, it sounds like real Will Rogers, baby. He's he's heating <laughs> up at perfect time coming into the season. <laughs> Cannot wait to see this team take the field. It, mm-hmm. it sounds like the offense is humming right now.
1: Absolutely. I love these comments. And, and Well, go ahead and roll them because I want to I bring something up after. I feel like your uh, defense was getting a lot of pressure today. What, what did you take from that? Well, they did early.
6: I think it was a combination of doing a good job on defense and then, uh, you know, not being in position on offense. And then we tightened up and then uh, moved the ball better. But the O-line is kind of the most important part. So, I guess how do you balance that in a scrimmage when you look at, you know, the, the O-line struggles or the O-line success? How do you try to balance that out? Just just try to evaluate, you know, what a guy did right or wrong on either side of the ball. Uh, You know, I thought that, uh, you know, the first two series, well, the first two series defense dominated, the the next two series offense dominated, and then it was mixed. The last two, uh, I'm not counting the threes, but the last two series were mixed minus the turnovers, I thought, you know.
0: With the format of things out here in a scrimmage, uh, just obviously coaches not directly in players here sometimes. Do, do you kind of, I guess, see who you can trust maybe uh, a little more in this format than than any other practice? Like, I guess, how, how do you kind of weigh scrimmages when it comes time to evaluate?
6: Weigh them uh, is another practice, but, weigh uh, them um, is another practice, but it does help illustrate who you can trust. And then the other thing is, is uh, you know, execution can be a little bit challenging because you've got a mixture of players out there. But the other thing is you got to be able to adapt uh, to the situation. And I like practicing in the stadium anyway. Uh, then the other thing occasionally, you know, there will be guys kind of get stage fright. And then other guys, uh, you know, are really ready to play. So you try to see a little bit of that too.
0: The right- All right, Shade. I mean Mike Leach <laughs> keeps it short and simple here, but he he wants to see who shows up
1: when the lights turn on. You know what? Absolutely. And I and I love this reporter's question. You know how, how do you? I mean, how do you feel about your offense doing too good or your defense too? That's that's one thing that I've always had trouble with these scrimmages or or spring games or something like that. You'll be watching when you're like, "Golly, our offense looks great," but then you're like, <laughs> well, "Damn, our defense looks horrible." You know, it's like, how do you? Uh, you know, it, it's more of an. I know it's a team effort, but they're looking at it individually and who's doing good, who's making mistakes. I, I understand what the pirates saying here. But um, I love the fact that the defense was at it, man. You know, because mm-hmm. that's one thing. When when Mississippi State's if if they're going to be good, like you and I think, it's not about the offense. The offense is going to do its thing. It's going to get points. It's going to get yards. I'm not worried about that offense. But I'm worried about this defense. Can it stay in the games? And, you know, the fact that they came out here and punched this offense in the mouth on the first two drives, that's what I like to hear, you know, because this is a team you can't afford to get down two or three scores. So, uh, I I think this is great news. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's still early. I'm not going to have the parade just yet, but (laughs) I just – I love the positive and and I love the fact that the offense figured it out, you know. So, there was apparently some adjustment along the way. And that's what I think Will Rogers is going to excel at this year is adjusting during the game, hmm.
0: well, let's move on from Mississippi State, Shane, because those fans—they're a little worried that we're so high on the Bulldogs. You know what? <laughs>
1: yeah, they said don't don't lock it down, man. I've already put money. I've got money on all these teams now, so I, I should put. We should have a segment of gambling because I am. My wife's looking at the account like, "What the hell is going on here?" <laughs> I said, "It's a savings account, honey. Don't worry about it. We're gonna get it back." <laughs> Next, let's kick it over down to Fayetteville,
0: Shane. They had a 110 play scrimmage over the weekend. And how about this, Shane? K.J. Jefferson, our guy here, mm-hmm. three passes of at least 40 yards in the scrimmage, oh. including a 65-yard touchdown to Matt Landers. Matt Landers had two touchdowns, Shane. Mm. Warren Thompson had a big play. Jadon Hazelwood made a big uh, play in the red zone. Trey Knox, the tight end, had two catches of, of 20 or more yards, including a 35-yard reception. So, Man, <laughs> when you think the Arkansas Razorbacks, you think all offensive line, you think tough, you think running yeah. game with Sam Pittman running that show, yet you get these tidbits here of a, of a passing game that yeah. looks to be firing on all cylinders. My God, I mean, Arkansas <laughs> – who knows? They may have the best offense in the SEC. Dude,
1: if, if Arkansas can stretch the field, watch out. I mean, that's we know this team's going to run. We know this team's going to be good at moving the chains. But if they can keep the secondary on their heels, golly, I mean, anything can happen. And by anything, I mean – Everything's going to happen against you because the avenues will open. KJ, if he could get a four yard head start, he's gonna get a lot of rushing yards. So uh this is I think this is great news because we've heard the hype. We've heard about the receivers, you know, who's emerging. We don't quite know, you know, Sam talks about that here in a minute, but the fact that you've got so many weapons and then it's starting to pay off in the scrimmage, in the game like environment, mm-hmm. man, that's, 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 I would be on Cloud Nine if I was a Ra- I'm on Cloud Nine now. I didn't <laughs> grow up a Razorback fan, so I can only imagine what they're doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, so let's kick it over to Sam Pittman. Shane says the corners and the receivers, those are the two biggest battles on the roster right now. Yeah. You love to hear that. And I thought it was interesting, Shane. How ready is the team for the season? You know, maybe it's just coach speak, but he's pumping the brakes on all that shit. You know, hey, <laughs> hey, we ain't even close to being
4: ready yeah. for the field.
0: So uh let's kick it over to Sam.
4: We had a right around 110 total plays today. Um We went one offense versus two offense, two offense versus one offense, uh three versus three, then came back and did good on good, one on one, two on two, three on three, somewhere around – Close to 30 plays uh, in those two racks a piece. And then we had a third down situation where we stayed out there eight plays in a row. We had a high red situation, uh, a low red situ- uh, situation, and then a two minute. And the two minute was very short, um, even though the one offense got the ball uh, down there, able to kick a field goal. It uh, was on a 50, 22 seconds, no timeouts. And they were able to get us in field goal range. Uh, twos weren't weren't really close on that. Uh, some some things. Then, but I think there's if you're looking at battles on our team, that's to me that's that's the biggest battle uh, that we have is corner, and probably the next one is who who would run out there with your ones at wide receiver, you know, because you obviously have Ketron and Mad and you know. Uh, uh, worn and so I don't know they're all really good players so good players
3: talked earlier about game shape just in terms of overall level of competition and level of execution how close is the team to where you want them to be at three weeks out before the start of the season
4: mm, as a whole team not not real close we got, we got a lot to work on I've been bragging on some positions but you got to put them all you know you can't just have a really good player over here, good players. Over. Got to put it all together. I thought we'd, the second half of the scrimmage, I thought we put together a little bit on both sides of the ball, you know, playing well together. Um, but we're not, we're not there yet. You know, the first part of practice, the first part, part of fall, a lot of times is you're not worried about playing together as a team. You're worried about surviving practice, you know, and it was hotter than hot, you know, out there. And then the next mode you go is you're wondering, you know, you're you're worried about your position and where you're at on the depth chart. And at some point that all comes together is, hey, I, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm doing. Now, how do I make my teammate better? We're not there yet. No, we're, not, we're not a team that's bickering and fighting and all. I don't mean that. But we're not a unit yet. We've got some good players, and we're not a consistent unit on anywhere yet. But we're, we're further, uh, uh, we're further along right now than we were last year at this point.
0: All right, Chase, are you buying it or are, are the Razorbacks <laughs> ready? Or is he just, is he letting his team know, Hey, we got to stay focused here.
1: No, yeah. This is you know, he's got pocket aces over there and he's just acting <laughs> like he's slow playing this thing. No, I, I think I obviously there's gonna be some rust. You know, a lot of these guys, especially on defense, it's the first time they started tackling. So yeah uh there's there's gonna there's gonna be some mistakes being had out there and it's cleaning up those little dumb penalties. It's cleaning up, you know, the little boneheaded mistakes that you may make out there and you that's what this is for. It's what fall camp is for. So I mean, there's a little bit of truth to what he's saying, but again, you don't want to put your expectations, you don't want to go out there. And again, back to media, Mike. You come out there and you say, we're going to, we're going to kick ass I mean I remember when Lane Kiffin came out and says we're going to be seeing Rocky Top down there in Gainesville you know that's they used that the entire mm-hmm. season you know expecting a victory over the Florida Gators well if you come out saying exactly what Sam's doing well then okay yeah he may have expectations to win the West but he's not coming out here and saying that right and you know for the Razorback Shane I mean it is so important
0: that they come out and they're already firing on all cylinders because they have yeah. got Cincinnati in the opener. I believe it's mm-hmm. ESPN nationally televised. They've got mm-hmm. South Carolina, uh, a very, very, very improved team, coming to Fayetteville. That's going to be looking to shock the SEC. I mean, there is there is no time here to to be. You know, we gotta. No. We'll ease into this thing by week three. We'll have it. If if you wait till week three. Your season could be in the toilet because you – I'm not – I mean, Arkansas is going to be favored in both those games, but if they don't show up and play, they could lose both of them too. You know what?
1: That's right. I mean, it's you're not starting out with UTC and Mercer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you are playing some high-quality opponents. I give Cincinnati a hard time, but, you know, this. it's a program that's well-coached and you cannot afford to come out with – mistakes and I, right. I think that's the big thing is you know there's a lot of seniority on this team there's a lot of um there's a lot of folks coming back and and i think that's the main thing with sam is he's going to make sure these guys are running efficient and if they're doing that then they can beat a team like cincinnati and it's not even going to be close but the re- the way you keep a team like them in is coming out making stupid mistakes and that's what they got to clean up here in the next couple of weeks
0: I sure as hell hope they don't have this show in Cincinnati, shame, because because <laughs> they're gonna have bulletin board material for weeks. But just based on one episode, you know what?
1: Oh, I know. Uh, I hate Cincinnati. And I don't know if it's because Boots <laughs> Jones was up there at one time or or what. There's just something about it. I just not a big fan. Maybe it's the Bengals. I hate. Ste- I'm Steeler <laughs> fan, so maybe it's just Cincinnati altogether. Yeah, Sky,
0: Skyline Chili
1: sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. Who puts chili and spaghetti noodles? I mean, that's just something you, you throw to get like, okay, I've got two ingredients left in my refrigerator. Let's put them together and call it a call it a meal. You know, that's not a meal. That's that's garbage. <laughs> I can hear I can hear somebody somebody's so damn mad. I can hear them tweeting right now. Hey, you never had this chili noodles? You know. <laughs> No, I've I've had them all, man. I've 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 been around the block, uh, but I will tell you, if you're gonna do chili, there's no other way. Have you done it with like Fritos and stuff? Oh, of course, man. Now that's now that's a different that's a different thing. It's just I'm not a spaghetti noodle guy, so. <laughs> I like Olive Garden. Olive Garden's trash. I, I'm, just, I'm saying that we're not going to get sponsorships from. I apologize, Mike. But we're not. No, in, I mean, no endless breadsticks. I mean, I like endless bowls of food and and stuff. But oh, I know anything. I, yeah, I'm just not a. I'm not a big pasta guy. <laughs> well, thanks Sorry. for
0: ruining that sponsorship. Though. I don't know. We, I'm, I'm getting. I had him on the line. It's almost dinner too. time, Mike. You know.
1: I'm just. I'm starting to think about it. And I'm glad my wife's not making spaghetti. So. All right, Shane, let's kick it all down to
0: Rocky Top next where the Vols just wrapped up scrimmage. They're already on scrimmage number two down there, Shane. (laughs) Offense dominated the first scrimmage. Defense turned it around for the second scrimmage. Uh, So that's good news. You're you're still hearing a lot of buzz, Shane, about Brew McCoy, the transfer receiver, who's Mm -hmm. still not cleared. My God, I mean – i mean we're running short on days here to get him into the the lineup but at least when he is eligible it sounds like he is going to be ready to go walker merrill is someone that is apparently emerging the i believe is a redshirt freshman for the vols on the outside so that's interesting but i think the best thing we have from josh hype we'll kick it over to him in just a second but it sounds like they have got their offensive line situated with uh, – they're yeah. going to keep Darnell right at right tackle and the battle between Mincy and Crawford there on the left side. I think that if you're a Tennessee fan, that's music to your ears because uh, as long as you, you essentially got four or five and then your your final spot, you know the two guys that are competing for it. What you don't want at this point in time is kind of mixing your, your offensive line looking for the best five. It, right. it, it feels like they already got it there.
1: Yeah, and, and that's one thing people don't talk enough about. They always talk about quarterbacks and, you know, the quarterback controversies and getting reps with the ones, but sometimes your offensive line's a bigger deal, man, because, you know, if you're with the same five 90% of the time, you know what your left guys doing, you know what your right guys doing. You know, mm-hmm. you're 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 noticing things, you're picking up things, you're talking to each other and and if you're rotating, it's it's hard to kind of get that that continuity, you know, and at times, with especially with Tennessee, man, as fast as they run, as as mobile as Hooker is, you know, he, at times he was real bad about holding on to the ball. You know, you want to keep him vertical, and, and we've got to have that front five situated. So this is, this is like you said, this is music to my ears. Yeah, so let's kick it over to him. He, t-
0: he talks about that battle, but also I love these comments, Shane, about guys not buying into the hype and competition heating up as uh, we inch closer to the season.
6: Uh, Josh, a couple things. How do you see the left tackle battle going right now?
7: Yeah, uh, it's been back and forth a little bit through training camp. Uh, You guys have heard me say this. At the end of the day, we're going to need both of them, all of them. Um, You you experienced last year injuries, um, and that's true at the tackle spot. It's true on all five spots. Um, Those guys are continuing to compete. Uh, That's not going to stop after today. That will happen all the way up uh, until kickoff. Anticipate both of them playing uh, during the course of, of the football game throughout the season and certainly in week one. Uh, you know Who gets a majority of that or what the percentage breakdown is, we'll, uh, we'll continue to evaluate as we go through. <clears throat> both of them have made a bunch of uh, progress from spring ball and, and really since the beginning of train, training camp in, in understanding what we're doing offensively. Uh, in the run game, playing with better pad level, being able to create some, some movement up front. Um, both of them take major strides in, in the pass pro side of it too. So. Um, you know, I feel like those guys are continuing to progress as they should.
6: Are they playing well enough to where you think Darnell Wright will stay at right tackle?
7: Yeah, at this point, uh, we uh, we plan to keep Darnell at the right side.
8: Two things. So, we talked to Jalen Hyatt and Walker Merrill the other day, and, and Jalen specifically talked about, you know, all the praise in preseason is great, but you got to prove it on the field. Then Walker talked about, you know, I'm just tired of not playing – I want to I, I want to you know he's motivated to, to get on the field when you hear that kind of competitiveness and mentality, you know what's that mean to you as a coach and, and what do you like about that type of mindset?
7: Yeah, that's the truth though right Jalen's comment about and preseason stuff doesn't matter whether that's rankings or, or praise of of players whatever. Uh, At the end of the day, we all got to go prove it, and and game day's approaching for us. So uh, I like the mentality that, um, you know, he's going to be purposeful in the way he approaches it, and and our team will be too. I really believe that. You know, for Walker, uh, those are two great examples uh, of guys that since we've gotten back from from bowl game and really even before that, just like this is where I'm at. You know, this is where I got to get to, having a plan of how I'm going to do that every single day. Those, those guys are, are pros in the way that they've approached every day in the building, man. They're competitive, they understand the plan, they have a personal plan of how they want to continue to grow They're extra uh, every single day it showed up in the competitiveness in which they've played. And and that's with the ball in their hands. Uh, It's in one-on-ones. It's with the ball not in their hands. And and the way that they're blocking out on the perimeter. One of the things today offensively I thought was just, you know, our perimeter screen game, uh, you know, which is really an extension of the run game. The effectiveness, uh, efficiency of that uh, was really good to see. Those two
0: guys had a big part in it today. All right, Shane. So, hey, everybody (laughs) might be singing the praises of Tennessee's offense and what they can accomplish, but – Hell, I, I like the fact that, you know, so these players recognize, you know, it's basically rap poison, as Nick Saban yeah. likes to say. You know what?
1: Yeah, don't read them clippings, you know. That's don't 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 follow Shane on Twitter is what he's saying. <laughs> because Shane's got the hot train <laughs> rolling. So <laughs> no, this is good, man. A little humble pie is not bad. It, it, but, you know, that, that just typically means you've got something. And, you know, we've 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 heard some some players coming out, talking up the, the program. I'm sure that gets pulled to the side and say, Hey man, we got to be better than that. You know what I'm saying? I, mm-hmm. I understand you want to pump up the fan base. You want to tell everybody how good we are, but we, we, we don't want that. We want to come out here and just show it on the field. And, and, and I think that's kind of the vibe I got from Hopple here is like, Hey, let's, this is what we're doing. We're working. We're at work. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we clock in, we clock out we have a good day at work one one week at a time that's what that's the approach that they're going with and don't get sucked up into them numbers because i'm seeing it man you saw uh, Roman coming out the other day, 10-2, and two, beating Georgia. Yep. You saw uh, – uh, z- 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 there was another one article talking about Tennessee's the number two offense projected this season. I mean, it, there's plenty of rat poison out there. And if you start believing it, you start believing you're better than you are, then you're going to catch a team like a Pittsburgh or somebody like that that's going to punch you in the mouth because they don't read the same news articles that you are. Right. And, and I love the fact th- – you know, Hype also talked about the competition
0: heating up because at this time last year, Shane, the coaching staff was basically saying, who are the 11 guys we can throw on the field with some confidence? Like they were basically yeah. looking for bodies, whereas now it seems like there there is some depth at a number of key positions, including linebacker, including potentially receiver where they're emerging and running back with some new fresh faces ready to see the field where, you know, the projected starters are getting pushed because there may be guys on this roster that didn't get their opportunity last year because they hadn't earned it yet, and now mm-hmm. they realize you know, what they could potentially do with this coaching staff, but yet they, they still have to go out there and earn it, this training camp, and it sounds like people are getting pushed all across the board there on Rocky Top.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, man.
0: All right, Shane, next, let's kick it on down to Athens with defending national champions. (laughs) Had their first scrimmage here, and sounds like the offense is ahead of the defense, which is not something we're used to saying down there in Athens, but (laughs) with so much firepower back on that side of the ball, Stetson Bennett and company uh, in the scrimmage. Darnell Washington, the star tight end. I mean, of all the tight ends down there, Shane, Darnell, he seems like he gets the least amount of buzz. But uh, he is emerging there. It had a great scrimmage. Just got some bad news, though, Shane. Arian Smith injured. He's going to miss man. the rest of camp. That guy is just – he can never stay healthy. He was a high school All-American. You know, yeah, you know, we have such high expectations for these guys. And yeah. sometimes, man, they just can't stay healthy. And it, it's just devastating, you know?
1: Dude, I, 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 prime example. I was watching a uh, Pittsburgh preseason game, man. Pickens out there – with an amazing catch in the back of the end zone, you just you can't help but think, what if he did stay healthy? What if he did play three years? You know, or how how you know because there's a lot of great receivers come through Georgia. You think of AJ Green, you think of Hines Ward. You know yeah. where where would he have ranked? Because I I don't think 10, 15 years from now we're talking about Pickens in Georgia. You know, maybe we're talking about him in the NFL, but. Yeah, it's just one of those. That's one of those things these days. If you're, and and that's what Kirby talks about. You know, you're too good. You're out. You know, you don't uh-huh. you, you don't get enough re You're gone. You know. It's and then if you are healthy, you know, or get injured, it's it's just like your time on the field is so precious. And um, yeah, it's but it's another man up. Who takes who takes the reins? Yeah. So let's kick it over to Kirby. She talks about the scrimmage. Talks about receivers needing to step
0: up, and you know that corner spot. Kamari Laster, Nylon Green, battling for a starting role. Dylan Everett also in that mix to start opposite Kaylee Ringo. Uh, let's get over to Kirby.
2: All right, thanks guys. Uh, practice nine in the books. Uh, didn't think it was our best of our nine practices. Um, it was a first scrimmage, first chance to tackle live. I think uh, you always have to be careful how you assess your team when you tackle for live for the first time. You know, in my experiences, this. Coach, it's, it's not pretty. And it was not pretty from a tackling standpoint. But, uh, you know, offense is ahead of the defense, which is probably to be expected. I was a little disappointed in the energy and, and kind of enthusiasm and leadership of the defense. You know, there wasn't a lot of uh, support there. And, and if things go bad, you know, there wasn't a, a guy to kind of pick them up and, and grab the bull by the horns and get them headed in the right direction. But uh, I thought the kids played hard. Especially early in the in the scrimmage, we had we had guys really play hard, physical, came out with the right mindset. Uh, like I said, practice nine in a row with one day off in between the nine. So they have gotten after it. Uh, they'll get a day off tomorrow. Uh, we'll get back to work Monday. We have a long way to go to get to where we need to go, and uh, that's nothing to do with Oregon. That's nothing to do with anybody we play. That's to do with the Georgia Bulldogs. So. We got to look ourselves in the eyes as coaches and figure out what the guys we have can do the best and get them to go execute that at the best. We have good football players on this team. Um, we didn't necessarily play with the right energy and enthusiasm across the board as a whole today. There were some good individual performances, but all in all, I think we got to have a better scrimmage next Saturday. Dylan made some plays today. Dylan Bell made some plays today. Jackson Meeks made some plays today. Um, if you're counting him as young, because nowadays sophomores not young. Sophomore's old, you know, 40% of our team, 35% of our team is freshmen. So, uh, you know, I thought Dillabell stepped up and made some plays and flashes Oscar, made some plays at tight end, counting him as a, you know, receiving weapon. So those guys continue to do a good job, but we just don't have the depth at receiver. You know, I thought Roseme did a good job today. AD made a few plays, um, but we were, you know, we're going to have to be really good on the perimeter to be explosive. Uh, yeah, we've got good tight ends, but we've got to be good outside to to complement the tight ends. And we need to get Denilon back, and we need to get Dylan Bell rolling to get where we need to get it wide out. No, I mean he's working his way into rotation by necessity. I mean we don't have we, we don't have enough depth at the position there. And now uh just got a he hyperextended his knee during before we even started camp. So he's got an injury that's lagging over from, uh, from camp, but he's not. I mean, he's back running. He's, he should be back here shortly, and uh, hopefully, we can get him back healthy and, and get him in there competing. But it's just every year. I, I don't think across the country you see four senior wideouts. Show me where you got four senior wideouts. Show me where you got two seniors and two juniors. Because wideouts are very similar. If they don't get the ball, they're gone. So you constantly have young players. And uh, you, or they're if they're really good. They're going to the draft, you know. So that that's that's where one of our juniors is. So every everything is kind of cyclical. And right now at wideout, we don't have great depth, and we have a couple injuries. So those young guys are getting thrust out there, and they got to grow up. We we've done it before. I mean, we've had productive uh, freshman wide receivers. Yeah, both those kids are smart, savvy, tough, physical. I love the way they they tackle and play. I thought Nylon had some good. Physical tackles for him. Kamari is one of the the best tacklers on the team, so it's a lot more about covering at that position than it is tackling. And and Kamari did some nice things, gave up some plays. He had a really good day the other day where he made a couple plays on fade balls on uh, on AD. And uh, you know Kamari's fighting his tail off for that spot and to help us in some special team spots. But I'm very pleased with the growth of those guys. We won't get through the year with with just those three though. We're going to have to have four and five corners to, to survive the season.
0: Yes, I mean, we get so caught up in all the tight end hype. <laughs> we got to remember, hey, they need receivers down there. I mean, they, yeah. they they got loads of talent in Athens, but with Jermaine Burton transferring out, with guys like Smith getting hurt, we're waiting for Dominique Blaylock to, to emerge, who he's a guy himself has been banged up quite a bit in his career. Uh, I don't know, any concern here? as Kirby is, uh, you know, want some receivers to step up in this offense?
1: Uh, a little bit. I, I'm, I'm picking up a theme. Um, if if you haven't checked it out on that SEC podcast on the YouTube channel, um, listen to Todd Munkin the other day. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things he talked about was exactly what, what Kirby's talking about. If you don't give these guys opportunities, they leave. Right. And, you know, I, this so i'm picking up a theme it's like you yes you he says we got great tight ends there's not a lot of three tight end sets but you know there's going to be we got to get our best players on the field but you also got to be careful you know and and not neglecting a a different department because at the you know three four weeks in those guys are out you know because they're not getting the, the 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 accolades they were promised because they have a desire to go to the nfl and if they don't feel like they're getting that that audition, then they're going to find another school where they can play. So, right. it's it's a weird it's weird, you know, because you'll talk well, here we here we're talking about some of these schools like you know, they're trying to create depth and then you talk to a school like Georgia and they're like they got to be careful with the depth they have so they don't lose it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and I don't know if you picked up on it, but but this felt like this felt like a team meeting this felt like this should be like you could easily have taken the media out and put the players in there yeah and and he's he's looking for some leaders to step up on this on this pro on this program you know Nickobe dean is not a guy that's easily replaced right. you know that's one of the things they talked about when he was on the field last year he was a commander he was a he was the captain of that defense he got these guys in position i mean there's a lot of times you would hear him yelling at different defensive linemen moving them to the right position or different linebackers you know he want he you got to have that if you want to win a national championship not just 10 games not just not just win the east I'm talking about if you legitimately want to repeat a national championship you have got to have some dogs on both side of the offense and defense and true leaders and coaches on that field because if you don't get it you don't have that motivating factor and that's one thing we were concerned about is is there a hangover? Is there a honeymoon? Or this is owed to me. This is due to me. You know, mm-hmm. Georgia can't have that. They got to come out there expecting to win and getting better every single day. And it felt like this, this, uh, this scrimmage was a little bit of a disappointment.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Todd monkey and Shane, I, I think that, you know, someone was kind of joking with him, said you ever rolled out four tight ends on the field at one time. <laughs> and he said, well, hell, we could do that, but then all all our receivers are going to jump in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just kind of – I mean, he's kind of kidding, but not really because that's the state no. of, of college football. And a, in a place like Georgia where you just – across the board, you got star players that mm-hmm. came in here with scholarship offers from 50, 60, 70 programs. They come to Athens, Georgia, and if they ain't getting the ball, they're going to start looking around and say, well, hell, they catch they – the, they throw them to – the ball at South Carolina, Alabama, right. Mississippi State, whatever. you know. I'm going to go to where they get me the ball. So, it's a balancing act, to be sure. And it sounds like that's what's happening in Athens right now.
1: Absolutely, man. People talk. Players talk. Yeah. And, you know, just because they're not in the transfer portal now doesn't mean somebody's not dropping little seeds around them. Now, last team, shade, let's kick it on down to South Carolina where the, the Gamecocks also had themselves a
0: scrimmage. and. Mm-hmm. They went one-on-ones. I love anytime a coach has got confidence in his team to to go one-on-ones. Good on, good so to speak. Spencer mm-hmm. Rattler first two drives scored on both of those, so you love to hear that. Uh unfortunately, Christian Beal Smith, who who Beamer notes is out for the he, he missed the the scrimmage, spotted in a walking boot. So, uh mm. we'll have to see what's up with that, but uh, that ain't good news to have a running back in a boot down there, but no. uh Let's just kick it over to Beamer Shane, who, who talks about the scrimmage and talks Spencer Rattler, of course, but also some really promising things to say about Luke Doty, which I love to hear.
1: Quarterback controversy? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and how the Gamecocks, they've really, really got to figure a way to start better uh, in the second half and on the road particularly. They got, yeah. they, they got down to some big time in some road games last year. Yeah.
8: A uh, good day in a lot of ways. Um, uh, tried to make it as game-like as we could. SEC officials out there for the most part, sideline communication, coaches in the press box on offense, and and uh, uh, all of the communication that we would have to have during a game. Uh, the young quarterbacks made them live today. They need to learn that they're going to get hit and that I'm not just going to stand back there and you know blow the whistle when somebody gets close. So I thought those guys – handled that well the young quarterbacks that were that were live and seeing them make some plays uh, with their feet uh injury wise you know some guys that we did hold out today marshawn lloyd uh, christian Smith, josh van corey rucker sherrod green and uh, landon sampson those are really the only new ones you guys have been out there and kind of seen who hasn't been going but those were some guys that didn't scrimmage today None of those are long-term issues at all. Most of them will be back Monday. We're off tomorrow, we don't practice, but uh, Monday mornings, our next practice, uh, I would imagine most of those guys would, would be back. Couple of them may go into the middle of um, next week, but nothing long-term from, from those guys. Uh, we, it was a physical, physical day. Out there, and, I'll, and let me say this too. I mean, Spencer's done a great job as our quarterback, but I'm I'm so impressed with Luke Doty right now. I mean, that kid is really, really uh, uh, taking another step as a quarterback. He made he's made some big time throws. He's been accurate in all of our practices. He made some big time throws today. Uh, the leadership that he brings. Uh, proud of Luke. You know, I think it was this day last year probably scrimmage number one where he had gotten hurt the day before and I gave the whole doom and gloom and and all that stuff talk about him and and then to come back off that get hurt again against Vanderbilt later in the year then we bring in Spencer Rattler would have would have been easy for a lot of guys to um pack their stuff up and go somewhere else and, and not him he stayed here he's made Spencer better he's made himself better and it's showing right now so excited about the way excited about all of our quarterbacks but really proud of Luke and what he's doing
5: I was going to ask about this parent quarterback battle you got going on, but what, what did you see from, from Spencer today?
8: I thought um, Spencer, I thought was good. He made some really good throws. Um, you know, I think sometimes he's got to get rid of the ball quicker. There was, you know, he knew, he he knew he wasn't going to get hit, but I told him out there. I mean, there were some times that he would have gotten hit pretty good, you know, out there today. So he's got to continue to get rid of the ball better, but understanding the offense, leading the offense, uh understanding what we're trying to get done communicating that to the other 10 guys did a great job the very first drive i mean he took the offense right down the field everything we do is first group ones versus one so we don't do anything against you know first offense versus second defense or any of that so when we're out there it's our starting offense first group against the first defense always and uh he came out and took that first offense right down the field and then ended the drive with a stop where we had to kick a field goal and then the second drive, I think they came out there and it was a field goal. So we've got to do better at sustaining drives. But I thought he did a nice job, Hale, of at least managing the offense and, and taking them you know, down the field uh, without our top two running backs and Josh Van not playing. So we certainly had some guys out. But like where Spencer is right now, and the thing with Spencer is we get closer and closer to you know, game week is narrowing down what we're doing each week and, and, um, and, and getting dialed in from that standpoint
1: sticking with the red zone last year's home and away splits were kind of drastic in terms of how well y'all played at home versus on the road as you get into this year just what does this team have to do to be better on the road against sec teams
8: great question um i wish i knew the answer we've uh spent a lot of time looking at it for sure and you're right i mean we we talked about it with the team as we've had we had some <clears throat> we had some um uh, bad first quarters on the road you know uh, our first halves i should say tennessee texas a m uh george i guess was 21 to 6. should have been 21 to 6 going into halftime before i screwed it up but um east carolina had us down 14 nothing you know at going into the half before damani made that play so we it's something that we've looked at we've got to be better on the road um it's something that we've been thinking about and talking about ever since January. To be honest with you, Colin, like looking at what we do on Fridays before away games, uh, is there anything we can be doing differently when, at the hotel on Friday nights? And don't be wrong, we played some really good teams on the road last year too, uh, but we did not handle we did not handle new environments well last year, and that's been a point of emphasis with this year's team is being able to handle change uh better and whether it be something i think one day you guys were out there last week we completely switched up like the field locations of where some of the things normally take place at practice that was intentional just to get used to being in unfamiliar environments and things like that and we got to play better we got to coach better um and and not only that but you know big point of emphasis if you look at us offensively we were not good in the third quarter last year and, and that's been a point of emphasis we got to be better coming out of halftime. And we were today. That was one thing. We we didn't have a great first half of the scrimmage, but we were much better the the second half of it and and talked about it. You know, this is like halftime and you guys are out there at practice when we have that you buy y'all seen Byron Gerardo on the microphone and all that. But when we take a break because of the heat and they go in those cool trailers and all that, you know, we're purposely playing music and Byron's on the microphone before we come out of those coolers just to try and simulate, hey, we're in here at halftime, we're cooling off, we're drinking water, we're getting hydrated, we're getting snacks, but psh, we got to go right back out on the field and play. So just trying to simulate as much of that as we can because we do have to be better.
0: All right, Shay, but, hey, I love any time mm. that, you know, Beamer points it out, Luke Doty. I mean, a lot of players in do- Doty's shoes, you got to remember, he yeah. was a four-star, he was an All-American, all this. You bring in another quarterback, I'm out of here. Luke yeah. Doty has taken the opposite approach. It sounds like his game is really coming along, even though he is second fiddle to Spencer Rattler. And again, it just helps the team overall because, God forbid, should something happen to Spencer Rattler, let's hope it doesn't. We have yeah. confidence in our number two to come in there and make some plays.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's. So that's one of the things that gets overlooked, not just in college, but even in NFL, you know, these these early-round draft picks, and they expect so much, and they try to get them out on the field later, but, you know, they usually roll out week three, week four, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of quarterbacks with that high expectations that just – they fizz out, and they, and they feel like they don't belong. Maybe it's imposter syndrome. Maybe it's, you know, something along those lines. They just – they they lose that that drive and i think you know, a guy like Luke Doty, this is a guy that basically lost his position when when Rattler came in, and but he's learning. You know, he's, he, he doesn't have that spotlight on him anymore. He can, you know, take a little bit more time to learn the system and, and what Coach Beamer is trying to do down there. So I, I think this is a great opportunity for him to grow. And, you know, in the league that we're in, the SEC, Think about how many quarterbacks start Week One, but don't make it to Week Twelve because right. of injuries or opportunities. So it's it is it is a league of next man up, and and I think if if you're bringing in that quarterback two up, two things are happening, man. You're making quarterback one better because that room's more competitive, mm-hmm. but you're also you're you're also there if an opportunity comes up, you can come, step in, and this offense doesn't miss a beat.
0: Yeah, I I like everything you said there, Shane. I also like Shane Beamer, what he was talking about the, the the emphasis there in camp because, hey, for all the hype and expectation, we're just as guilty of it with all this gamecock, you know, hype and and every mm-hmm. the expectations fans are over there saying, why can't we compete for the East? And you got yeah. talent where you should be far more competitive. But as a hey, Beamer's wise to point out. Hell, we could barely compete on the road <laughs> in conference <laughs> last year. We struggled in the third quarter. I mean, they have. If they're going to win the SEC East, if they're going to even compete for the SEC East, they're going to have to go to to Gainesville. They're going to have to go to Lexington. They have got to be competitive and they got to win these ball games. There's a there's a lot of, of progress to be made there in South Carolina, and uh, you know challenges to be faced for for Shane Beamer and company.
1: Absolutely. I mean, think there's there's been plenty of games if they would have started off on the same foot last year Mm -hmm. we may have been talking about more wins last year because they did turn it up in the second half which says a lot i think it says more about the coach isn't the adjustments but you're gonna have to pick those adjustments up earlier and i just love the fact that he admits that he was wrong you know he's he's not above it he's not gonna blame anybody else he made mistakes so yeah um you know this is a young coach that is learning along the way as well Well, hey, buddy, we went long on this one. We had
0: a lot to to cover yeah. here. We'll have even more to cover on the next episode. Couldn't even <laughs> jam it all in on this episode. You got anything before we hop off the line?
1: Oh, man, just college content, man. College football content. I just absolutely love it. we got preseason games on TV. Yep. Buddies for cranking up the fantasy football draft. Mike, Mike hates it because he's in a couple of those text groups, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> I absolutely love it. I can't stay off the gambling websites. I'm already <laughs> – I've already put Patsy in. Oh, I'm just ready, man. I am so hungry for college football. But I tell you what, I'm not hungry for, and that's Skyline Chili. Do you hear that? <laughs> Doubling down on it, but no, that that's all I got, Mike. It was good. It was good to talk to you, and we'll be back on tomorrow. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you as
0: always, buddy. I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. All
1: right. See you guys. Go Vols.